Uh, do you sing the jingle? No, I don't sing the jingle. Mate. No. The jingle, the jingle is a mi- the jingle is a mixture of uh, various uh, wurzels. Cherry jam, yeah. cherry jam, cherry jam, cherry jam. Thanks, cherry that's, 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 that's guys. Cherry jam. <laughs> yes, lovely. Hello and welcome to Cherry Jam. It's episode seven, and I'm joined by the full crew this week again. I've got Jim Harley. Russ Brooks, James Eastwood, and Lawrence Landre. Uh, James, oh, Snowy, as we all call him. How were the in-laws last week? Everything went well? Yeah, fine. Shame to miss the podcast, but I was uh, thoroughly entertained otherwise. Good. Well done. Correct answer. Um, yeah. Anyway. No, just in case they happen. Just in case you happen to listen, yeah. Um, what we're going to do this week, it's going to be a bit shorter this week, um, mainly because there hasn't been a huge amount of rugby news from Gloucester. Um, we haven't even got the weekly report or weekly uh, email from Lance Bradley. Um, conspiracy theories abound at this end for that. But anyway, uh, so this week we're going to talk about the Chiefs and their decision to um, amend certain aspects of their, um, how should we say, their brand. Uh, plus also, the it looks like ring fencing is now going to be uh, put into place in, in the Premiership, if not next season, the season after. Um, and um, anything else we come up with as we chat. So we'll start off with the, the nice, easy topic which is uh, all about racial identity within rugby um, and five white blokes from Gloucester are perfectly positioned to talk about this um, more than anybody else um, but I'm going to start off with a little bit of background so the extra chiefs um, have since sort of the turn of the century had the chiefs as part of their identity um, it's been a, a common thing within Devon rugby um, but in the late 90s, early 2000s, they adopted the iconography and imagery of uh, Native American Indians, um, um, including the, uh, the, the badge, uh, which is a Native American uh, uh, individual with a headdress, um, a mascot called Big Chief, and uh, the, um, the Chop song, which is very frustrating and annoying when you're listening to it with 11,000 people singing it. Anyway, um, long and short of it, this week they announced that they are not going to change the name, they're not going to change any of the iconography that they've got for the club, but they are going to get rid of the mascot because that's a bit they find offensive. Um, what do we all think of this then? <laughs> What's everyone's view on it? Is it something they should have done at all? Do you think they haven't gone far enough? Um, I'll let anyone who's brave enough to start, start. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll go. I'll go, go on. Go on, Snowy. You go for it. So my view on this without becoming a Daily Mail opinion piece um, is that there is basically no link whatsoever between Exeter Chiefs uh, and American history. Um, they've simply chosen a, like you would a character, a tiger or a lion or something to, to be their club branding. Um, it's impossible to link Exeter to, to to that side of American history so I don't think there is any sort of um, offensive angle um, to any of their marketing planning on that basis um, so personally I, I, I think they've probably done enough um, it's always going to be subjective there's always going to be people that think they should have just canned it all completely and some that think it shouldn't have been touched but I think we're really sort of clutching at the fringes of this discussion now when we're talking about Exeter Chiefs Rugby Club and Native American Indians. Mm. Yeah, I think that the biggest part of it, which I suppose is where they've come from on this, is that the mascot, um, Chief, 
they decided that that was probably the most offensive part of it, maybe because it's playing to certain stereotypes. Um, so they've decided to knock that on the head and get rid of the mascot. Um, and I can I can't understand that. But again, I, I, I'm I'm if you compare it to American sports, so for example, Washington Redskins, as they've now remained, they've now removed the Redskins identity and they're now going to be called the Washington Football Club. Um, the Cleveland Indians got rid of their uh, mascot, um, which was pretty offensive. I mean, it, it, as, as, a, as, as, an, as an icon, it was a fairly offensive. But, but um, geographically, it's a completely different issue over there. It is, and, it, and, it is, and, and of course, the history that comes with it is different. Um, I didn't personally have, I don't think in any way you could say that Exeter were belittling the culture or the, um, the American, uh, Native American Indians culture by what they'd used. You know, the, the, their, the badge, for example, is of a strong chieftain and, and, and chief. But I think it's one of those things. That, unfortunately, in this situation, this, this era, everyone is very hypersensitive and therefore they've had a number of people within their own club questioning this for a while um so that's, they've obviously, that's the biggest aspect isn't it sorry russ go ahead mate. i was just gonna say i think that's the interesting point is now it, <clears throat> this was driven by a group of their own fans wasn't it so what it's going to boil down to is whether they let it go away whether they're happy with the answer or not i guess um you know it's up to their fans if their fans find it offend it, it's been driven by their fans if their fans find it offensive and they're not happy with the answer, then they can let it go. I can certainly see why they've made the decision to drop Big Chief. It certainly falls into a stereotype that, and it was a bloody annoying mascot anyway. Um, I can't no, most of them are. Most of them yeah, are. I mean, I, mean, I can't time, say... Sharky being the worst, as we all know. Yeah. Sharky yeah, is the but worst. Then, but then when it comes to mascots, they're not designed for us, are they? They're designed for the kids. They're designed for the... I uh, not yeah, so Jim, interested I, I appreciate that, and, and I have I have you know, no problem with mascots in general. I just mean that one is very much. You could talk about caricatures and stuff as a whole different topic, but I can see why that would be the thing that you would deem the most offensive about the whole. Well, you say that, stuff. I would say it's not just the mascot, but it's the whole headdress. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that fans wear the headdress—that is a really, really integral part of. Native American culture mm -hmm. and to wear one is a really big deal and you shouldn't buy one from a from a novelty dress up shop and wear it to six um, you know wear it to the Sandy Park. Yeah the appropriation side of things is that yeah, yeah that, that cultural so appropriation think, side of things. I think they've done almost enough and this is obviously my personal view. I think yeah, they don't need to drop the Chiefs, but I think they need to change the logo and I think they need to you know remove that side of things. Um, obviously, you've got the the Chiefs in in Hamilton, New Zealand, uh, playing Super Rugby, and you know they're called the Chiefs, but there's no Native American. And, and you got the Kansas City Chiefs in yeah, NFL yeah. as you know, well. A, a Chiefs is a Chief. It's got nothing specifically to do with uh, American Native Indian. American culture. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, I was going to say they're going to start could have a calling new, it. Go on, Jim. No, I just thought. It, maybe they're going to look to do it and they didn't want to rush it because they, they want to have a decent new logo. And so maybe next season or even the season after, they'll have a little bit more of a rebrand and mm. they'll come out with some, some new merchandise and, you know, another mascot that kind of follows the, the chief route without going down that Native American. 
I was going to say, I don't think you need to get rid of the name particularly, because otherwise, next thing you know, it's just going to be executive officer or operating officer, because that's the next stage in line that you can't use the word chief at all, isn't it, really? So. Oh, yeah, quite. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the, the one thing that is interesting is that there's been, it, I, you sort of, you study the, the, the what people have been saying on social media. Again, it's it's difficult to know exactly what extra fans um, think. I, don't, I know a few, but I don't know that many. Um my general impression is they're kind of a lot of them are kind of fed up with the debate um and hence why that a lot of them were kind of moving away from they wanted maybe the club to get rid of for that identity because it's been a kind of sore subject for yeah they don't want to be seen to be in a, they don't find it offensive but they think that maybe other people might people, and they don't yeah. want to be part of that yeah it boils down to the groups who could potentially be offended if they're happy with it and they don't kick off a first or not at first but as in push this issue and say that's not enough then it's probably just going to quietly go away isn't it Exeter will move it on like you said they'll come out with some rebranding it's one of those ones where it's it's more controversial because of all the stuff going on around it and it's, yeah. it is difficult for five white blokes from Gloucester to know how offensive it is for, for people my suspicion is you ask most Native Americans in India, um, in in uh, America. Well done, Russ. Um, in America, he's <laughs> <laughs> um, like like our own Christopher Columbus. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It, it wouldn't be a, it would not be a podcast for any cock ups and it's not like I've got a degree in history either, is it? I know nothing like that. It's not West, Russ. He's not yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't. How big an issue is it going to be to your Native Americans? Quite. The Exeter Chiefs versus Washington Red Redskins, what they're going to be weighing in and be more focused on. I, I suspect it's a bit like we said, their fans are fed up of hearing about it. And I, I imagine they'll feel that this is enough for the moment and we'll just have to see how it plays out. The thing is, yeah. if you're an Exeter fan, the, the Chiefs branding is pretty meaningless. It's not, it's not got any real history behind it, long-term history. It is just a, a marketing creation in the first place. So if I was an Exeter fan, I wouldn't... It's not something like, let's say, Gloucester changed their kit and we were no longer Cherry and Whites. That, that would be quite a big thing for Gloucester, even though our history of Cherry and White isn't the even that The internet would break. Um, <laughs> if, if Gloucester stopped being cherry and white, the internet but, would get broken by certain. If I was next to fan, I'd rather never hear about this argument again than yeah. keep the Chiefs branding. Yeah, no, I, tell, I get it. Totally understand. I think that's I think that's enough for read that topic because I said it's. Um, I'm not sure we can add a huge amount, but I think it's interesting. Tight isn't it? Well, no, I think it's also useful to understand. You know, look. We're rugby fans and we don't, I don't think anyone in rugby um, wants to offend anybody. We're a very um, tolerant lot. And, and yeah, and I have to say as well, with we rugby. Get on, we seem to get on with everyone. In, like, apart know. from bar fans. Yeah, apart from bar fans. Even, but even then, I mean, you know, to. we can talk to them. We know a few nice ones. Um, but the point is about rugby, it is, I mean, it is, a, a, compared, compared to certainly other sports like football, a very inclusive sport in terms of um race and religion and, and sexuality um you know we still haven't got an openly gay football player but we've got we've had several openly gay rugby players and referees and an issue um just in fashion he was uh, was gay when he was playing wasn't he? yeah or come out as gay but yeah but we've not had a so we've not had an openly gay football player in the premier league ever um mm. so you know in the last 30 years so uh, or 20 odd years so it's it's um 
it's certainly a sport which I think is inclusive and it is open. And I think, and, I think it's probably... also, um, it's also one that's, pardon the pun, tackling the um, the gender issue quite well as well with um, trans players, because mm. you know it has to maybe a lot more so than football because it's a much more physical game. So they are kind of some of the front runners in 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 the I know lawmaking almost of um, of transports as well. Yeah, and, and and as we know, we've got we've got several friends um, uh, and former former um, players that we played with who now play in the um, for the Gloucester Long Levens um, mixed, mixed ability. Thank you, Jim. I was trying to remember the exact term for it. So you know, and and that's another area of rugby which seems to be taking it for, a bit further forward than other sports. So all in all, I mean, I, I say it's a difficult subject to broach, but um, I'm glad we did discuss it because it's a, it is something that's in the news. Um, we're going to move on now to the uh, the second part of the, the pod, which is going to be about the um, it looks like almost a, a a plan for the future relating to um, removing relegation and promotion, at least for a um, a couple of years. Um, and um, we'll discuss what our feelings on that next. <laughs> Our second subject tonight is to discuss the planned ring fencing of the English Premiership and Championship, um, a, a plan put together by former Saracens Chief Executive Edward Griffiths. Uh, we're going to just briefly talk about that. I'm just going to run through a brief description of what they're looking to do um, and a few of the uh, sort of small points that have come out of it. The first bit is there will be a four-year pause on promotion and relegation uh, to and from the top flight, while the Championship would independently be governed in order to, to avoid a sludge of self-interest and compromise, which could affect other leagues. Um, the interpretation there is the Championship would also be um, uh, isolated as well, so there wouldn't be uh, promotion relegation from the Championship. Um, and also, there is plans for a draft uh, system, unprecedented draft system, similar to the NFL and NBA blueprints from the USA. Um, they're the core, kind of the key bits. So you've got a four-year pause and then that draft system. So removing academies and having a more of a draft. Um, Snowy, I think you were keen to start on this one. So I'll let you go first, mate. Yeah, well, first of all, it's interesting that it's by Ed Griffiths. Um, considering he would have been pretty desperate to ring fence the premiership anyway. Yeah. Probably <laughs> less desperate to ring fence it immediately, considering mm. Saracens are now in the second division, but I'd imagine there'd be an expansion of the number of clubs in that ring-fenced proposal. Mm-hmm. Um, my, the, the other interesting thing is that it's backed by the championship clubs. Well, so apparently I can, it's backed by the championship clubs. Yeah, so, so I can only assume that there is a, a lot of financial promises that are being given to those clubs um, to support them and to give them adequate coverage etc without having any hope whatsoever of getting into the premiership I'd imagine it's backed by a number of clubs that know long term they could never survive in the premiership anyway yeah Um, if we go back to this podcast and a number of weeks ago the biggest issue for it for me is that at the moment, the Premiership is incredibly competitive. And if you're playing a team that's second bottom three weeks from the end of the season, you know it's going to be an incredibly good game. Um, and they've got a lot to play for. And my concern with it is it deadens that bottom half of the Premiership. Once you've got nothing to play for, you look after players, you keep them well away from injuries, um, you just see out the season. And I, I can see it um, devaluing the Premiership. 
yeah there, there, there is one actual um aspect which <laughs> i met, it was interesting i was listening to a, a thing about american sport and how um when it gets to the end of the season sometimes this is it sounds counterintuitive because particularly with the draft but in nfl what actually often happens the really poor teams will almost fight it out to be the worst team yeah so they get a better better draft following who year. remembered yeah, yeah. Um, there's a really interesting one in, um, in the michael jordan documentary wasn't it when they when they sort of didn't do so well early on mm. a really interesting you... example from the nfl last season so the miami dolphins they lost every game they were horrendous for like the first seven or eight games of the season and then the players just decided to put in a bit of player power i think they have some new coaching in as well and just play some like throw it about see what we can do um, American football and mm. ended up winning a load of games and their fans were like what are you doing because then they end up a few places <laughs> higher up yeah. and they end up way worse off in the draft the Colts Actually, did it didn't you, they yeah you benefit from being worse and that that can never be good for sport that can't be good no, no the I Indianapolis Colts did it didn't they when when Peyton Manning was there and he got injured and he was out all season their, their fans were worried they were going to win a game. They were, they were turning up to the stadium with signs saying, don't win. They, they were begging them not to win because they wanted first draft pick because I can't remember the guy's name. He was quarterback, but he, um, they, they really wanted him. And I think that's the worry of it, isn't it? And I agree. Oh, yeah. I think the, um, it, there is a risk that it devalues some of the games in the Premiership. Okay. I, I hate to piss on your bonfire, lads, but I don't think people are going to deliberately try to lose games just to get the pick of a, a, of an up-and-coming player. No, that's with, in with, what, your exam, with your example in your American football, they're talking about the creme de la creme of players they get to draft. We're, we're talking about a few potential yeah. half-decent youngsters. Well, but, I think what who, who's point... going to be in this draft? Who so what those, what, the draft? What the, because, I mean, again, this hasn't been fleshed out where they were saying why, it's going to be why, all academies are going to be wiped out. Well, this why is the point. Having an academy, yeah. this is the long that, um, investment that um, that sort of structure where you've got the testing ground for all these young players. Because actually, if you've got a really, really good youngster that's doing great in the A League, he isn't going to end up playing for you anyway because he's going to get picked by a team that's crap. Mm. Well, he doesn't want to play well and then get picked by a team that's crap. He wants to play for a good team. So it kind of works in America. I, I still don't really understand it, if I'm honest. But yeah, in the difference I, I, I in America is it's they they're trying to keep it so it is competitive because you'll have a team that's really good, the other teams then catch it up. It, but that's a system that is well established. And like Loz says, you're talking if this is in the championship, it, you know, you're not talking that caliber play. You and you actually you're the irony of all of this is it's Ed Griffiths saying that he doesn't want self-interest to take, <laughs> take precedence. Yeah. I mean, let's so setting that aside. Personally, I think a bit of competition brings brings people on, doesn't it? What would be the point in, you know, if you're bottom of the premiership at the moment and you can't be relegated and you are playing? So, like, let's let's take the scenario: someone like um, Exeter can finish top um, if they beat if they don't if their team below them loses to the team that are bottom why would that team try if they can't be relegated but if you keep relegation in and they win they stay up it makes it a competitive game I, I, I can see that issue of it my feeling is this seems like it's something that the clubs are desperate to have happen sooner or rather than later mm. um, it just feels like they're going to find a way to push this through one way or another anyway I, I think the pr proposal if I understand it correctly Ed is that 
they want to basically get rid of academies as in academies being run by premiership clubs yeah and the idea being that these young players are brought up through the championship and below system and then become available to premiership teams to draft is that correct I believe so. So that, that again, it's a lot of these. I think are going to be discussed. I, I my impression is probably that that part of it will end up being taken out because I think the clubs, if you spent a lot of money developing the academy, like Gloucester have, like Saracens have, um, Sale have done a, a quite a big amount of, in terms of developing an academy. You're going to be a bit miffed Leicester, if you said Leicester. Leicester you're going to be you're going to be a bit miffed, aren't you? That you can't. Um, you've had, you just basically well, thanks for that, but we we're we're going to take over the running of it. I think that probably end will end up being taken away one thing i wanted to um to say laws um one um part of it i wanted to have a quick discussion about was the um the idea that obviously it's a four-year pause um so it does mean that some of the other teams in the championship will be able to um still be promoted uh, but in a couple of years it gives them an opportunity to put themselves in order so things like um ealing for example who obviously want to get promoted but don't have facilities um Loz, what do you think about that? Like them or Cornish? Do you think there's that's a good sign thing of this possibility having allowing those clubs to develop a bit more infrastructure wise? Cornish Pirates get their stadium. They'll have the infrastructure. I think they have got it now on the starting to be built, haven't they? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Ealing need to get a crowd before they need to develop any facilities, don't they? Um, yeah. You you spoke in the past about how few supporters they have. Yeah, um, um, but if giving four years potentially means that they four might, years, yes, yeah. is that enough but, time? Do you think? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I, I genuinely don't know. I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of it. There's, there, there are um, teams that have been trying to build a supporter base for years and not always managed to do it. You know, plus no. the the, heart, the Heartland traditional rugby sides have managed to build decent crowds in Northampton, to your Leicester's, Gloucester. Um, Bath always sold out, and you know that if their stadium was bigger, they'd fit, put more people in there as well. Um, Worcester have built a support; it's taken them 10, 15 years. They put with yo-yo in. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. They're Ealing or London. Bristol. Bristol's yeah. a big city, and only because of the massive investment that they've had, are they actually this time getting really good gates because they're playing some damn good rugby mm. yeah I mean they, 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 you know it's, I think the Bristol's the biggest city to not to have a Premier League football scene it's the biggest city, you know it's a very big city for a rugby club um, and routinely don't get decent gates even with a stadium that they've got now they still get well under the capacity that they could do um, and that's with one of the best stadiums if not probably the best stadium in the, in the league uh, Ashton yeah. Gate so, so you know could they over the next four years carry on their their rise much like Exeter did mm. and then end up in four years time maybe with slightly less um, slightly less pressure because if they try something and they lose half a dozen games at the beginning of a season and end up you know in a relegation dogfight that they weren't expecting it's not that big a deal they can take yeah. those risks um, with the with the chance of maybe um, you know increasing in, increasing not- the gate. I'm not convinced someone like Bristol can risk of going off at a tangent can take risks like that with the investment levels of investment that they've had. Pat Lamb has to deliver now um, on that. And he, he looks like he's doing that in all, in all credit to him and their supporters. But 
I don't think they can afford to take any risks to try something. If they've got, they, they need to aim for the title, which means they need an established way of doing things rather than taking a chance on something. Mm-hmm. I think um, the, the draft system is probably a bit far-fetched, but I can see ring fencing purely as a way of protecting the finances of the 12 premiership clubs post-COVID. Well, it's not 12, is it? It's 13, um, that's the trouble. Or, or, well, yeah, should they choose to expand it? But I can see it being a... I can see it being a... Um, just a way of purely protecting the finances. Yeah, I think that's part, certainly. I think, let's be honest, that, that is really the, what's going on. And I think what they're trying to do is make sure the championship are, um, are, are suitably uh, rewarded um, and um, are, are made sure that they don't, get, they don't lose out. Um, I, I'm, I, I say I've, I've long been an advocate for it only because in, in all the time that we've had promotion and relegation, we've had one side, which is Exeter, 25 years of um, uh, professional rugby, we've had one side that have actually sustained themselves in the Premiership um, routinely. They've kind, of, they've kind of caused the problem, haven't they? Because, they have, because, yeah. Because everyone else was just a yo-yo team with whoever was having a bad season. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it's kind of, where, where do you make room? Because um, if, if you're going to have that closed shop, all 13 stakeholder clubs are going to want to be in it. Are you gonna? I mean, yeah, and thirteen have, to twelve. Thirteen to thirteen. That probably that might work. Yeah. Um, certainly, certainly, it's it's less games than having a uh, a league of fourteen. It's I not mean, going to away this story, is it? There's a it's lot. Not, no. There's a lot to come on this. There's going to yeah. be a lot of back and forth, a lot of change, and I think some of this is partly what they've done. They want to make yeah. some noise, so they've thrown in some controversial ideas out there just to see what people want to do and what their response is. I think it's just to get it out there and get people yeah. talking. But then, but then we've, we've mentioned before about, uh, you know, making the championship a better league so that getting relegated isn't, you know, a disaster. You don't have to sell all your players because they're far too good for the championship. Um, and actually, like, you know, TV rights, I mean, we might come on to the TV rights situation for the, the remaining few fixtures we've got this season. But, why uh, championship games? I think they were on Sky a couple of years ago. Well, if if it's if it's cheap, why not have it on the BBC? Have it on ITV? You know, mm. it, it get the game to a bigger audience. Yes, it might not be the Premiership; it might be the second tier, but it's still some damn good rugby. <laughs> Never say we're nothing other than uh, topical. Uh, incredibly, in the process of recording this on the Sunday night, we've actually just come across a brand new breaking news story, which is that Franco Murray is um, going to uh, join us for a short-term loan towards the end of the season, um, which can only be good news, I suppose. What do we all think about that? Deathly silence. Um, Deathly I- silence, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's probably one of those. He he may well be stuck in the country for a while. It makes sense for both parties. It probably isn't costing us a lot just to have that extra player. And um, you know, he's he, he's a solid player. We've now recruited him in that area, so I'm not sure how much we need him. But I'd imagine that it's it's a good deal for both parties. And um, yeah. what wouldn't have been done? I did actually I did actually see him uh, a couple of weeks ago with his girlfriend at the um, at the Campton Hill, and uh, I was like, hang on, haven't you left the club? So he's obviously, he's obviously still, you know, in the area. And like you say, Snowy, 
he's um, he's been given the opportunity, and it's it can only benefit Gloucester. Uh, whether whether we really need a player in that position, we'll, you know, we'll find out <laughs> with injuries over the next few weeks. But with the intensity of at least the first four games, being able to have another quality player to rotate is a bonus. Well, has, has yeah. Singleton joined us yet? I, I know he's joined on loan, but I thought the yes, he the, has the, the contract. Has has yeah, right. I've okay. seen him in training. Yeah, he's, uh, when the images have been sent out, he's he's been in he's been in those photos. Um, so he's joined. I think um, uh, I can't remember who it was now. Russell, Loz, or Snowy, or Jim. Well, any of you really. You mentioned that it popped Narrowed up. It down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, potentially it could have been the fact that he can't get to Japan because um, of COVID. So uh, on the basis he can't go anywhere, it's it seems sensible for us to mean to play for us. We for we a have a habit of breaking hookers, don't we? He came to us originally as a short term injury cover, you know, had, had was it Murray who did that? Well, but no, 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 it wasn't no, because um Murray signed um Ackerman signed him from the Sharks. No, you're right, Lord, sorry, it, it was it was uh God, I can't remember last season. Um, the hooker came as injury cover. I can't remember his name. Yeah, sorry, I'm confused. It was another South African. Yeah, it just goes to show how many hookers we have had injuries to, and it's always been a crisis position. The last few seasons, we seem to have really struggled there to keep people fit. And having gone on about it before, four four games in 15 days or whatever, it's going to test the squad. So few extra players won't won't cover um just to please tomo so long as he buys into the ethos i'm quite happy that he, uh, <laughs> nice well really. there you are ethos bingo i think we're about 45 minutes so anyone gets that they can scratch that off their card for this week um yeah actually Cock up earlier exactly it's all it's all coming to plan um actually again and you've got the uncanny knack and ability to link us between topics as well russ so um and and jim's kind of mentioned it as well um which is relating to the tv fixtures uh now so we've got nine fixtures left uh jim has done some very good uh, homework uh i believe and there's now got the dates to hand but we've got four fixtures that have definitely got dates five that haven't and um so it's um saturday we're playing worcester away Saturday the uh, whatever Saturday is fifteenth uh, fifteenth yeah and then uh, we got Bristol at home on the twenty first yep. Friday we got Saracens away Wednesday the twenty sixth and then Leicester at home on Sunday the thirtieth but as yet no kickoff times or details about whether we can actually watch them. Which does put a problem because we, we, we were talking about having a watch party, so it would be nice to know if we can actually watch it. Well, we, know, we know the kickoff time of the Friday game is going to be 7.30 or 7.45, something like wow, that. Yeah. I think if we take, take the precedence from football coming back on, it, there's absolutely no reason not to show every game, in my opinion, on, on some sort of digital platform. They're all recorded anyway. They all have some base-level commentary. They, they have um, full commentary. They're all on rugby yeah. class. If you're outside of the UK, you can That's watch true. them all. Yeah, full commentary because that commentary is the commentary that they then use in the highlight show. So, mm. it you know, if, if you stagger the blooming games. Let's have, let's have a you know a Super Saturday, a super, every weekend, it every midweek. Works in league, doesn't it? They do it normally. Really? You surely you could do something like that. Unless we were saying earlier, BT have got so many channels. You know. I'm sure they can put the reruns of yeah. wrestling or baseball's greatest hits onto well, another exactly. channel at another the time. Reason, the reason for not doing it, 
um, you know, normally and showing all six games every weekend is because it would hit um, gate receipts. Yeah. But if there are no gate receipts, because, you know, then you're only going to disgruntle fans because they can't actually watch their team. Whether yeah, they got a red button. they've got a red button for the Champions yeah, League, exactly. so there's no reason why they can't yeah. do it for the rugby. Yeah. The only yeah. reason they're coming back to play at all is to get the TV money coming in. So, yeah. so it seems nonsensical to play if no one can watch it. Exactly. Um, I mean, I was just looking now. So the BT Sport, you've got BT Sport 1, 2. Um, there's BT Sport 3. You've then got a BT Sport Extra, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. So there's plenty of opportunity and plenty of, um, of scope within their digital service. Even if it was just online, you know, you could have an internet uh, feed for these games. Most people have got internet TVs or a lot of people have got internet TVs. You've got access to the internet and can play it through the TVs. Um, and I've got that in my back garden ready for the watch along. Uh, exactly, you know, you know, so it's, you know it's socially distance watch along, of course. Because, you know, in this time of troubles and COVID potential uh, second waves, we need to make sure that we're being responsible. And of course, any watch along that we do have, um, it would be done um, in a socially distanced and responsible way, mainly because Snowy would be up in the north. That's a, that's a start. Yeah. That's why distance. The rest of us will be in Jim's garden again first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm under M- additional... Many thanks to Ben. <laughs> I'm under additional lockdown, so couldn't even travel. Yes, he's not even allowed to go into the pub at the moment, are you, Snowy? No, no, it's very sad. We're still building the wall. Yeah, we're still building the wall. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, the, um, the, so, I mean, from, from our point of view, it's just frustrating, isn't it? Because we, we, we all, more than anything else, we desperately want rugby to, to return. We desperately want to watch it. Um, and it can't be beyond the wit of man to put some more details out there we know we're two weeks away now we should be it's just it's just rugby in general at times isn't it it's where it's just infuriating i know this is completely unprecedented um except it isn't because football did it a few weeks ago you know there's a model there for them to to follow yeah i do understand i mean how long did it take how long did it take for the because i don't really follow football unlike most of you um the, for the football, because all the football was on, wasn't it, on TV? How long Through, did it take them to argue out the the money, basically? It seemed that long. I mean, the BBC, uh, the BBC had, I think, three live games, four live games. Um, there's, there's a couple of extra games that were put on to uh, Amazon Prime. Um, and there was also um, a, a couple of week. well, the last weekend where every game was on, was live for the first time ever. Um, across BT Sport and Sky, so that you know, it, it, again, the audience is slightly different. Most people in this country, a lot of majority of people in the country who are sports fans, probably will follow a foot, some sort of football. Um, but when you think about, say, for example, that last weekend where we had every single football game was covered, um, you know, even the pointless Southampton Sheffield United game, who which is the only person in the country would be, would be me, who was actually quite excited about that. Um, was you could watch it live um, at, and it was, you know, and, and there was other three o'clock games you could watch live because there isn't a, there isn't a crowd. You're not missing out on gate receipts. Um, I don't in understand. Terms of, in terms of stretching the BT sport resource, there's, they've got an agreement with the free to air now as well, with channel five. So yeah. you, there's only six games. I mean, there's only six games and it's across a weekend. So yeah. if you had, if you had two proper live commentary games, maybe one on a Friday, one on a Sunday, for example, and the rest are, back, you know, bare basics, 
three cameras. Um, but hang on, they, did th- they always used to do three, at least three games a weekend anyway. They did just Friday, saying, Saturday and Sunday anyway. So they do three Champions, more. Champions Cup, when that's on, you know, you show every game and that's the same kind of structure. The slight difference to the Champions Cup, though, rest of course, is you've got, you have got other broadcasters, broadcasters involved. Yeah. So the French yeah. broadcasters, Irish broadcasters. So it's slightly different. But no, it's, I a, guess, that's a good point. I, it's, it's, it's just a slightly different subject. I guess my frustration with this would be, is, as Loz said last week, clubs kind of when we were talking about you know getting sponsorship where possible and getting money in you would think the clubs would be kind of agreeable to any deal that's going to get them any kind of money at this point to show the games it's not something that's new or difficult to them you know they they're used to hosting tv companies the cameras are there filming the games anyway Mm. logistically it can't look like it's a lot extra you would just think it's a good chance to advertise the game and let's face it you know, telly's a pretty dire place at the moment, isn't it? I mean, I'm losing track of how many from watching. And, and also, they jump I'd, a chance to fill some some of the airtime. Yeah, and and I mean, I know that um, Worcester have refunded all ticket sales, haven't they, for for our match? But then I'm not aware that Gloucester have done anything for the Bristol game uh, the following weekend. So, so the I'm current are we yeah. still waiting for the government? Because I mean, are we part of a um, part of a some sort of plan to maybe bring in slight socially distanced. Um, I think that's out the window now, unfortunately. I think maybe, well, I think so, but I, know, I think it is out it, the window. Isn't it? It, was, it was thought about maybe a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the pilot was going to be this weekend with Goodwood, and I think some of the cricket as well. The um, I, I, I think, I think sorry did. had some coming in for the Bob Willis Trophy match, but the, the government binned it, didn't they? Thanks to. Yeah. People up north not being able yeah. to behave themselves <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've saw wasps are now selling cardboard cutouts. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, cuts. that's what I was going to say because you know, they've, it's no different to normal, they've, then, they've is they've it? They've done a lot oh, of no, there's there's plastic plastic there. um, Cheltenham Town did it, and if Cheltenham Town can do it, then Gloucester definitely can. It's obviously a you know, we've, we talked last week, didn't we, about raising money. Um, and I'm sure there's probably a good few hundred people, if not a damn sight more, that would chuck a load of money at Gloucester to have a cardboard cutout of them sat in the stands. Lawrence is shaking his head. He's obviously a no. I've probably got better things to spend my money on, if I'm honest. Mm. But I still might do it. Do you, do you, get, it, do you, do you get it back? Do you get it back for well, long-term use? Yeah, exactly. So if I have a nice photo for of For long-term me, use? Yeah. That's a disturbing thought, yeah, Snowy. Have a nice photo of me in a heritage <laughs> shirt. Uh, and I get it back afterwards, then, you know, I can put it on a train track or something and use it as a security feature. <laughs> I can just see post-lockdown, everyone on nights out carrying around their cardboard cutouts. I might yeah, I might do it and then stick it in front of my camera for my Zoom chats at work. That's what I was thinking. Or we could... <laughs> What we could might, do, might add a bit more to the podcast. Yeah, we could get, well, we could get a cherry. We could get a cherry jam one. Um, we could get a cherry jam one and have Joey Essex for Ed because it saves all print it. And picture out. Well done. Uh, yeah, cheers. Thanks for that. Um, but um, the one thing I, I did think actually was the um, going back to the TV side of things is the fact that you know a lot of clubs Gloucester have done it previously and certainly friendlies we've streamed games. Um, if we're not being live on the television, we're not we're not able to do that. Can the club not literally just stream it? it doesn't have to well, even be commentary. Well, you just I, have the, I still think that would go against the rights, wouldn't it? I think I I'm not sure it would. TV it, would it, if it's, it's not being yeah, televised. Otherwise, you'd do it anyway. 
You do it anyway. Yeah, I, 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 it must it must go against some rights because, like Lord said, because if you could do it, why would you not do the game, it? The games are filmed and commentated on. That's what part of the whole highlights are. I'm, I've been out the com- country. I'm going to just say that that's what I was doing when I was watching the game. Um, and um, that there was full commentary going on on it, and it wasn't on television. And I managed to pick it up I mean, on uh, what what was that site you said? Rugby Pass, wasn't it? I think that was what I was using. <laughs> It'll be available on some platform, won't it? Be it a betting via a betting site platform or um, via another. I mean, it's crazy but, but, not to cash in fans, on it. So there will be a pay pay yeah, to view. Fans option. shouldn't have to do that. They should be able yeah. to watch it in 1080p high definition. And you know, if if they have to pay a few quid here and there, I know Worcester did say on a tweet that was pretty quickly pulled, that they were going to stream it. So that was obviously a legal issue because they didn't have the rights to say that at the time. Mm. But the the technology is there. Like you say, we've had games on Facebook. We've had games on YouTube, you know, A-League a games and such. Yeah. So the infrastructure is absolutely there already. We can we can do it on a slightly bigger and better stage with a, with a premiership if we need to. Yeah, and Jimmy, I think uh, you mentioned the, what we, what's the plans in terms of what the club are doing um, related to the tickets and the refunds and things. So if, I think going back a few month, weeks now, maybe a couple of months, there was the email from Lance Bradley which mentioned um, that there was three options. One, you could claim a, you could request a refund um, on the games you can't see. Two was that uh, you would be given a net, your name would be put onto the new training complex, which we're still waiting for. Lance, if you're listening, any indication would be lovely. Um, and um, I can't remember what the third option was, but it was something along those lines. It was something. Oh, like, beer with the club or something. Yeah, that was it. Beer with the club. You get a, you, well, the, the money we put aside for beer, which you could then buy at the club, which. You know, if you want to do that's fine. Uh, personally, I'm I, I was of the opinion that if I can't go to the games, I'm not going to request the money back. It's it's been paid for. It's whatever. It's it's an exp- I can write it off. Um, I know some people like, like, like the front up magazines that never arrived about one no ten fifteen. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Let it go, Jim. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's definitely not Lance's fault. I have to be fair. Let's be fair to that one. But um, the, the yeah, exactly. So you know. I, I, it's an expense. I'm prepared to wait, to accept that and waive it. And if I get my name up on a, on a plaque in a blimmin training centre somewhere in Gloucestershire, all but fine. It's lovely. It's nice. Um, other people won't be able to do that, and I fully accept they will want their refund. And I think it's good that the club have offered that. But we don't know what's going to happen until the government kind of say you can or can't go to the games. So we're in that weird situation at the moment. But yeah, I'm I'm just waiting. Yeah. It'd be good if you if you if you are listening, Lance. It'd be good to have an exclusive tour in a new facility when it's built as well for those that have um, not requested their money back and contributed towards it. Yeah, uh, just, and just so. Yeah, that's, we can have we're a cherry, not... cherry jam brick in the wall. Che- <laughs> There's a song. That's a song, isn't it? No. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, right. Um, what we'll do? I'll leave it there. Thank you very much, guys. Again, I appreciate your time. Um, and um, what I'll do now is uh, edit it quickly and um, get it out and for, for Monday uh, as always um, if please again if anyone is uh, still listening um, I think you all are um, please do keep suggest sending any suggestions and um, feedback to our Twitter handle which is uh, at jam underscore rugby um, please subscribe via your normal platforms uh, for podding and um, uh, yeah leave any feedback you can any any sort of reviews and, and certainly on iTunes and Spotify again greatly um, 
greatly received. Um, and um, we'll we'll speak again soon. Um, thanks all, and see you next week. Yeah. I'm going to go and drink some Smith's Brew Club beer. Thanks, Ben, for sending me some after Russ's fantastic plug last week. Yeah, hang on. How does this work again? Well, I won the competition. So, so it's not actually a plug. You just won the competition. Yeah, so actually, you? yeah, we we're still we're still in Gloucester, the market. And he runs a, he runs a beer subscription service. So yeah, yeah if you gotta... if you're listening, Mr. Smiths, halfway through this podcast, we could have a little cut to you, talk all <laughs> about your beer. Yeah, you just have we're, to we're all each each of us with some. Well, yeah. show how everyone have a look at Smiths Beer we'll... Club, and if he gets like another hundred subscribers over the next week, then obviously he's going to inundate us with fantastic beverages. If we start drinking it at the beginning of the podcast, you can then test by the end of the podcast. Well, this, how was, this was the whole point was <laughs> we were saying we need some beer for the watch party, which you can't drink anyway because you're not coming. So, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I've, you're I've in not, you won't be able to get through. I've got one box ready to go. <laughs> no, yeah. it won't get it. It won't make it up north. No, they're, they're in isolation. No, postman, postman, a band up there now from what I understand. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's on his own. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on that note, uh, we'll leave it there. And uh, thanks again, everybody. And we'll speak again soon. Cheers. 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 Cheers.